you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Inside Report. Seattle Seahawks, no stranger to drama based on what we saw this offseason with Russell Wilson and the trade speculation. And that drama has now turned to the regular season as the team finds itself 3-8 and eight ahead of a Week 13 contest against the San Francisco 49ers. Last place in the division and 15th in the NFC standings at this point. For insight on the Seattle Seahawks' plight this season, we welcome in Omar Ruiz. Omar, this is a team that has lost three in a row, has not won a game since Russell Wilson came back from the finger injury, and has scored just 28 points in those three games. What's going on in Seattle? They can't even get a first down, Rhett, let alone points. (laughs) They had that streak the other day, five straight, three and outs. And they're exasperated up there. They're, they're, they've run out of answers. Uh, obviously, today they turned to Adrian Peterson in hopes of somehow, some way, getting something going with that offense. But uh, obviously, you know, looking at things short term, uh, it's uh, been frustrating for them. And then when you kind of look big picture, there, there's, uh, you know, not, not a lot of, I guess, reason to be optimistic that this thing can get turned around um, anytime soon. And obviously we'll be asking the question heading into the off season. Is this something that Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll turn around? And and maybe that'll be part of our discussion here this afternoon. Exactly. Right. And I I think to get maybe a better grip of it, let's go back to the origin story here. I mean, this is a team that won the division last year, NFC West champions, even though they lost at home uh, in their first playoff game to the LA Rams, it was like, okay, you know, maybe it wasn't the best season the Rams, the Seahawks have ever had. But again, they make the playoffs and we assume they'll be back there again next year. And then we get all this tumult this offseason with Russell Wilson and the trade speculation. 
Teams have continued to call increasingly in recent days, which is natural amidst all the media hoopla of exactly what is going on with Russell Wilson. There is a day, um, I don't know, maybe in the not too distant future where Russell Wilson is a quarterback for a team that is not the Seattle Seahawks. And the, the teams that he had put out there that he would go to or would want to play for. Do you feel like we're seeing any of that not being on the same page kind of translate to the field? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And not maybe necessarily between Russell and Pete. I think, you know, we can get into a lot of that. But I think yeah, not on the same page. You know, we had Tyler Lockett saying, you know, a couple games ago that uh, they're preparing one way for defenses all week long, and then the defenses end up showing them something else in the game, and they're not doing a good job reacting to yeah. it. Teams are just throwing out different coverages, and, you know, when you're getting ready for a week and you're seeing what they're doing consistently and this is what we're planning for and they're not doing any of the stuff that they normally do, you know, you, you got to be able to figure things out faster. So whenever you hear that, a player, especially one of his stature, someone who they uh, have built uh, the team around the wide receiver room around Tyler Lockett. They've uh, let give him, given him a leash to input his thoughts um, into the offense for many years. Now he's earned that trust. And for someone like him to say that publicly, obviously is great concern. Um, You know, when I hear that the the antennas go up and and absolutely um, not being on the same page, Uh, I think, you know, within the offense and and organizationally, it seems like that has ramifications stemming from last offseason, like you indicated. What does that tell you about the standing of first-year offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, uh, who comes in here and obviously dealing with the brunt of the team's struggles being offensively? how How does that play out? Well, I think it's not good, but I have to go back to the second half of last season. So um, you remember last year, Pete Carroll finally says, okay, let Russ cook. And right. in that half of the season, he cooked and he was the MVP candidate. I think the Seahawks might've been one of the last teams to be undefeated uh, last year. And, and they had a sensational start to the season and, and it looked like Super Bowl or bust MVP or bust for Russell Wilson. And the second half comes along and, and really it just kind of came to a screeching halt and one that was um, pronounced in that playoff game. And sacked again as Russell Wilson is Fox and Donald combined. On first down, Wilson needing big chunks of yardage is going to suffer another sack. Boyd with two, Aaron Donald with two sacks in the ballgame. I think, you know, that, that was a microcosm of the second half of their season. They had really right. no answers. And, 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 and I think, you know, that, that all led to Brian Schottenheimer uh, being shown the door, somebody who in their third year together, Russell Wilson felt like uh, him and Brian were on the same page. They had developed a great working relationship. A lot of trust was involved there. And, um, and, and I think there was frustration all the way around. And I think you can go back to a couple different games again, last season, when the Seahawks ended up losing a couple shootouts. I think the one maybe that got, got the most attention was in Buffalo. And yeah. and, and you, you could just kind of sense that Pete Carroll didn't like that style of football. And and it was he, he was fine when they were winning games in that style. But the second they start to lose, I think he, he kind of goes yeah. back 
to his, you know, 50 years of, of coaching expertise and, and wants to get back to the style that, that he wants to play. And I, and I think, you know, that might've led to the philosophical differences with him and Brian and, and, and that led to Schottenheimer leaving. Okay. So now in comes Shane Waldron and, and, and I think him and Pete were very much in alignment and, and you go to Shane Waldron's history, obviously he was an assistant with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and the Patriots way back in the day. And then most recently with Sean McVay and, and what do those teams like to do? They like to run the football. And, and obviously um, you know, when you look back at and McVay's tenure there with Shane Waldron, he's he was there the entire tenure with the Rams um, since McVay had been there. And, and you go back to the early years when it was girly dominating and you talk yes. to any defenders uh, around the league. And it was the Rams are a running team. Now it looks pretty. It has the bells and whistles. They had Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and and Sammy Watkins at times and all the different other receivers who made big contributions over the years. But that was a running football team. And obviously, uh, things changed when Todd Gurley got hurt. And, and to this day, they haven't really recovered. Exactly so, right. And so fast forward to the Seahawks now. So, so the way Shane Waldron came up, the way Pete Carroll's thinking, okay, we're going to run the football. That's going to be our identifier. We also have this elite, elite quarterback then that can open things up. Well, you look at the, 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 the facts of the matter, and Chris Carson, you know, hasn't been there since week four, and, and obviously he's done for the year with that neck injury. And, and, you know, the guys that they've drafted, the undrafted guys, just, just aren't the same as Chris Carson. They're not the same as, as uh, Marshawn Lynch, and they're not the same sure. a guy like Thomas Rawls, who, you know, was a big contributor back bridging, you know, these eras. And, and when they can't run the football, then they can't necessarily establish the pass game the way they want to and, and the philosophical way that they want to play football up there. And so I think they're having a hard time trying to figure out, okay, if we can't run the ball, then what is our identity? And, and I think that's what they're mired in right now. And, and they, they know what they want to be. They know what they uh, philosophically are aligned to be, but they can't execute it right now. And I think they're having a hard time figuring out, okay, now what? Like we, we're not necessarily, um, in position to win shootouts, we're not, you know, we're we're not the Buccaneers with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin and and, and Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and all these guys are not Rams with Odell. So how are we going to do this? And I think that's led to a lot of the problems because I think it was in the early season easy to blame the defense because they were giving up historic numbers, but they've turned it around like they did last year. And obviously, the offense is uh, what ails them now. Yeah, and it, it it sure feels like frustrations have boiled over more so than we've ever seen. You know, certainly in the last five years, uh, DK Metcalf um, has certainly seen his fair share, uh, which have kind of manifested themselves in the in the name of personal foul penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it. Well, yeah, we just saw it with Pete Carroll in addressing a question. Uh, from a reporter about maybe does, does Russell Wilson need to step back and and rest his finger a bit more. He doesn't need it. Do you think the break would, it would he be of no use? He doesn't need it, Art. We're not, we're not going there. Okay. He's fine. Those are types of things, in your experience, covering the Seahawks that we don't normally see there. I, I think, yeah, that to illustrate your point, against the uh, 49ers, no, the Cardinals, a couple weeks ago, when they lost at home to Colt yeah. McCoy and DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing. Obviously, Kyler Murray was still hurt. And they lost at home, and and they, you can argue, were never really in the game. You know that right. that the Cardinals had control throughout, and and Pete Carroll walked off the podium after about seven. Yeah, the walk off. 
I'm sorry, it's not not a different story. Been the same story in and out of this this whole season, and we've got to see if we can turn this thing. I, I'm, I'm really done. Usually he's there for about 20 minutes and answers all the questions and usually is gracious with his time after the game. Now, he did come back. I'm sure he met with Dave Pearson, the PR director <laughs> in Seattle, and, and Dave advised him it's probably in your best interest to go and finish answering those questions, and he apologized and he finished answering for the time allotted, but I think it underscores your point that they are out of answers and that yeah. has boiled over, and I think it's that combination of we can't play the way that we want to, so now what? Um, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, Pete Carroll is a, a defensive-minded guy, obviously, with so much experience. He can coach the offensive side of the ball. But how I just said, you know, the, the way the defense had struggled to start the year, so much of his focus is with Ken Norton and, you know, the defense and Bobby Wagner and trying to figure that all out that, you know, maybe they, they don't have as much time to reinvent their offense. And we're seeing it, I think. And I think over the years, what they've done, and, and, and Pete even hinted at this earlier in the season when he said, you know, it, it's very clear when, when Russell Wilson went down, that we've won a whole bunch of games because we've had number three. If we didn't have number three, we probably wouldn't have won so many games. And so, you know, he, he said that pretty clearly. And, 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 and I think Russell, you know, talking to people there, you know, when he first came back a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was thinking about the injury. Like physically, it seemed like it was fine. And there yeah. are times when, you know, he throws the ball 30 yards downfield on a rope that it looks all, you know, the finger's not, the finger's fine. When he threw that touchdown to Gerald Everett on Monday night, that, you know, that laser, you know, for <laughs> yards, and he had a threaded in there, it finger looked fine. But I think the mental part, you know, from what I was told is like, he, he's thinking about the throws and that was, you know, two, three weeks ago. And, and I'm not so sure that it's still not there because you look at some of those third down plays, you know, key throws in the game where, He's throwing to a wide open receiver or running back out of the backfield. Maybe it's a tight end leaking out and he's just wildly overthrowing uh, the receiver. And, and that is just so uncharacteristic. And so when you see the one throw where like the finger looks fine and then on another throw, it's like he must be still injured. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a mental hurdle there that he's still trying to get over, not thinking about it. Maybe it's still bothering him in a way that uh, he would never let on and make that excuse. I can throw it, you know. I, I feel great, you know. I, I'm, uh, I feel great, you know. I think at the end of the day, um, what I'm, what I'm focused on is just playing the next play, you know. I'm, that, that stuff's gone, guys. That stuff's gone. It's out. It's out. It's already gone. We gotta keep playing, you know. We gotta keep making plays and finding ways to win games and, and everything else. So my, my focus is so hyper focused on the next play. But obviously, something's up. In addition to all of the, <laughs> the, the ways that we philosophical start, things, sure. Those things, you know, the the very real fact that. You know, you have a quarterback whose uh, finger was mangled uh, earlier, yeah. and, and he's still trying to come back from that. Also, a guy who's never really missed a game before and so has had, you know, consistent reps his entire career now has gone, you know, went a month without them. And so, like, you wonder if there's that mental, like, situational awareness yeah. in all of this thing as well that just takes a second to kind of get back to the level with the, the supremely high level uh, as to what he has had, you know, for the most of his career. And you had a great phrase. So now what, right? Now yeah. what in the short term is that, you know, the only team below them in the NFC standing is the winless Detroit Lions. And with the playoffs seeming further and further um, on the horizon for a team like this, what then does the future look like? Now what, like next year for the Seahawks? We'll get into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Inside report, Omar Ruiz uh, still here with us. And, and Omar, again, looking at the Seahawks, it, it feels like this is a season moving further and further towards a lost season. One that a phrase that you know you don't normally associate with the Seattle Seahawks, certainly in the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era together. And then that begs the question of what does that mean for both of those key pieces of that franchise's future? We've already talked about the uncertain future that there was with Russell Wilson this past offseason. Does that get louder if this Seahawks team continues the path that they're on here, misses the playoffs, you know, and is staring down the barrel of a, you know, a high draft pick if they actually had their first round draft pick? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't uh, get louder uh, heading into next year. Um, it, it's really interesting. Um, you look at the ownership, Jody Allen. Uh, is now their owner. Um, we've we've yet to see her make uh, a major um, change in the organization. You know, since she took over a couple years ago after the death of Paul Allen, uh, her brother, um, and 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 it's it's been my thought that, and this is just m- my own thought and just looking things sure. big picture, um, that when they extended Pete and John Schneider, their longtime you know vice president general manager. Um, to 25 for Pete, 26 for John, something, something like that. Just, you know, what, yeah. uh, well far into the future that it was to try to avoid any of these conversations. <laughs> but when you go three and eight, it doesn't matter, you know, what, right. uh, and you have to address, especially like you said, you know, that the trading away of first round picks and, and not so easy to build right back without having the resources to do that. Now they do have the franchise quarterback. And usually when teams rebuild, 
um, that is the first piece that you look to rebuild with. Um, so, so that's there. So, uh, Rhett, I, I think we're we're in an unprecedented time uh, right now. Yeah. I had our uh, great team at NFL Research kind of look into this, and this is one of, if not the worst season that a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a Super Bowl winning coach have ever had together after they've won a Super Bowl. Now, uh, Brad Johnson was 0-4, uh, I think, in maybe 0-3 after uh, they after won the, the Bucks one with yeah. the Buccaneers with with um, with John Gruden. And uh, it, but but that was a lost season. He only played four games and, and they finished five and eleven. Uh, uh, Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett also were like one in six or something in 81, but they eventually rebounded. They won another Super Bowl uh, together after that. So, so they, they did come back from that, but, but, you know, Jim Plunkett's not in the hall of fame. I think at this point, Russell Wilson seems to go into the hall of fame. So when you're talking about, and Pete Carroll also, you can make a case. Sure. The hall of fame. So, you know, obviously Flores got there uh, this past year. When you're talking about hall of fame quarterback and hall of fame coach, we're kind of in these uncharted waters and, um, and so do they have the buy-in from Jody Allen to let it play out and hope to truly listen to Russell Wilson and rebuild that offense in the way that he thinks it should be rebuilt? Um, do, do they take some of the control from John Schneider the way, um, you know, they, they really have had a, uh, let's be frank here, a horrible job in the, in the first and second rounds, you know, the, yeah. really, since, since 23, 2013, 2014, you know, something like that. You go back to those draft picks, you know, many of them um, not on the roster that, that, that should still be in their rookie contract with them. Um, right. Obviously, you know, we can forgive, you know, things that happen in, in, in 2013, 2014, but um, th- there is a lot to address. It's going to get louder. Um, another question that, you know, we, we, we haven't really had a chance to ask Pete. It's kind of one of those questions that doesn't really, get asked during the season. People wouldn't ask it in the off season because like you said, there were 12 and four division champs last year is how much does he want to keep going at, at almost 70 years old to rebuild the team. Now, granted he could rebuild it with a Russell Wilson, but you know, if it's not rebuilt to Russell's liking, if he anticipates, you know, Pete never changing his philosophy and, and we're one running back injury away from being this real, you know, struggle bus again, you know, is that something he's going to, you know, have an appetite for? It's it's fascinating um, yeah. to watch, to, to see it unfold. Do they use Russell Wilson finally as the chip piece to get, you know, those first round picks back and to, right. to that team if if the, you know, organization decides to, you know, ride with uh, John and Pete? It's uh, a lot of fascinating answers to come. And, and as far as this season goes, they, they are going to have to win every single game the rest of the year to avoid their first losing season together. Pete and John, you remember the only other time they missed the playoffs, they still went nine and seven. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uncharted waters uh, for, for this era of Seahawks football. And, and really you can look at, you know, for the reasons I gave kind of uncharted waters in NFL history. That's uh that's great research uh, done there, Omar. And, you know, I, I think you can look back and you can think about, well, you know, whatever trade that didn't happen with Russell Wilson and then the one that did for Jamal Adams, like that's a landmark type of trade that you make for a safety or a hybrid safety linebacker or however you want to use Jamal Adams that a championship team makes. Right. Yeah. 
not a team that is going to have to rebuild after a three or five win season, you know, 18 months later. Right. Yeah. So like that, when you start to factor in some of these decisions that have gone on a reason why they only had, you know, three draft picks last year, why they won't have a first round pick this year. And so then how do you rebuild a team without those types of assets when you're also paying a quarterback $40 million. Yeah. That, that's, like Russell Wilson. No, you're right. And I think that's the question for ownership there, because I think, yeah. I think if you're John Schneider, you feel like you did have a good team last year, you know, when he made that move for, uh, for Jamal. For Jamal. And this is, this is a team that, you know, eventually would go 12 and four. And, and uh, obviously they expected to do a lot more in the playoffs than, than they actually. Right. Did. And that's so, fair. and I think, I think that's a move where you say, okay, if we can win another title, then then we'll get. It's all worth it. Yeah, it's all worth it. And and you know the, 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 these conversations of is it time for yeah. a change? Obviously, won't happen for another four, five, six years. Right. Uh, and so and you're like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That they'd be we'll off take the hook. But you know that in, in pro football, like we've seen in many times, the best laid plans sometimes uh, you know don't happen. Yeah. And, and uh, to have the reckoning just a year later. You yeah. know, you know, forces everything into warp speed here. Decisions from ownership, uh, rebuilding tactical decisions from management, and then a decision from the oldest head coach in the NFL right now. Do I want to be a part of this moving forward? If it takes, you know, one to rebuilds happen faster now, especially with really good quarterbacks. But if you're saying that the really good quarterback might have to be a part of the rebuild as a trade ship, it gets more complicated. We understand that as does the state of the NFC West um, right now, because, you know, the Seahawks, while they feel like they might be out of it at this point, um, you're looking at a 49ers team that was on the ri- that's on the rise winners at three in a row and four of their last five, a Rams team that's lost three in a row and a Cardinals team with the best record in the NFL, Omar, coming off a bye week at nine and two without the services of their, you know, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in Kyler Murray for the last month. So, like, the, you know, it feels like there's still a lot left to be decided in this division. I don't think there's any question. And I think the 49ers are coming and they're coming in a big way. Here's a wide handoff to Debo Samuel coming right, turns the corner, down the sideline goes Debo, lowers his head and drops his shoulder, touchdown, San Francisco. You know, I, I know from a rivalry standpoint, having covered it back when it was uh, Colin Kaepernick versus yeah, Wilson, there is nothing more that the 49ers would love than to really just, you know, put the Seahawks in the coffin to hear this upcoming right. And, uh, and and really play that physical brand of football that the 49ers have been playing the last uh, month or so. And then and then the Cardinals. Snap to McCoy, give to Connor up the middle, into the end zone. The NFL's leader in touchdowns just got another one. And that might put away the Seahawks here in Seattle with 2.20 to go. It's 22 to 13, Arizona. What a great story, you know. And, uh, you know, for them to build that roster and for Steve Kime to put all the pieces together um, so that they have this championship caliber depth where your franchise quarterback and superstar wide receiver can go down for three games and you can be two and one uh, that, you know, is, is a major uh, feather in Steve Kime's cap. It's also kudos to Vance Joseph, who, you know, obviously was dismissed after just two years uh, in Denver. And, you know, who knows how quickly his next head coaching opportunity would have come. It seems like after this job uh, with the Cardinals, it's going to come a lot quicker 
than, than maybe yep. one could have anticipated. And and I think, you know, JJ Watt, I mean, you know, you know, from from his days in Houston, uh, what 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 a person he is, you know, first of all, obviously the contributions he made on the field, you know, spoke for themselves. But even after he got hurt, just the difference he's still making inside that building. He's still leading meetings. He's still, you know, there on activities. He's traveling with the team. And I think that just goes a long way for that's, these young that's an players. interesting piece. Yeah. Oh, that Byron Murphy, you know, in his third year and even Buda Baker in his fourth year, they, they've played tremendous. But, you know, having, you know, someone like J.J. Watt with him and, and Chandler Jones, you know, we've seen, you know, Chandler Jones can kind of, you know, get on the fringe sometimes and maybe, hey, what's he doing yeah. there? Someone like like J.J. Watt, you know, can be a voice there for Chandler, someone that Chandler respects immensely and kind of keeps him focused and, and playing his best football by having his presence there. So I think there's just so many factors there um, for the Cardinals, how they've built this team in, in, in talent and, you know, leadership. And, and it's everything that they hoped for in, in the offseason. That's yeah. what they wanted. But but it was like we just talked about for 15 minutes with the Seahawks. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Well, everything is working out for the Cardinals here. And then the Rams, you know, you, you mentioned losing three in a row. I, I still have this feeling about them that they could be like last year's Buccaneers. Remember Buccaneers lost to the Rams on Monday Night Football? Yep. They lost their next game. They fell to seven and five. You're like, what the heck is wrong with this all-star team? They can't get it together. Tom Brady is not as magical as he was. <laughs> And then they win eight straight games to go to the Super Bowl. Right. As bad as things have been for the Rams of late, I still feel that they have the pieces there if they can figure it out. Now, obviously, you know they can't afford any more injuries, and they got to figure out a yeah. way all and all this. But but I think um, kind of what the problems that they've had are, are fixable now. I don't. I wouldn't consider them you know favorites to win the Super Bowl by any stretch. But I still think there's a lot of good football ahead of them down the stretch here. I would agree. I would agree. Sean McVay, I feel like, is uh, is as trustworthy a, a coach to, to figure something out as there is in football right now. Um, but I just I think of the congruencies with the in the comparisons between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Cardinals in a spot the Seahawks are often in in the NFC West atop the division. Um, Seahawks in a place where the Cardinals have found themselves for the last five years at the bottom of the division. And Arizona back in 2015 was 13 and three. As Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer were guiding this team at Super Bowl aspirations, didn't work out that way. But then it's taken them five years now, six seasons really, to figure it out and to rebuild this team into a winner. So it's food for thought for those out there in Seattle. If you're looking down the road of how long is this going to take for us to get back to the top of the mountain, just look inside the division at what the Arizona Cardinals have endured for the last few years before ultimately finding the right coach, the right quarterback, the right mix of rookies and veterans. And they've had all their first round draft picks the last few years to do it. So uh, interesting to kind of watch this all unfold within the NFC West. Always high drama. And Omar, we appreciate you on your debut appearance here <laughs> on the NFL Inside Report podcast for being with us. Thanks, Bob. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Red. Thanks as always, man. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. 
It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. That's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Reminder to download, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with you on Monday for another episode looking back at the highlights and headlines from your Week 13 Sunday. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parashka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.